What's going on, family? What's going down? Welcome to another episode of Nonfiction with Jonathan Soul. So uh, I like to talk about the economy. I like to talk about the economy because it interests me. And, uh, you know, let's just go there. So uh, there's a story I saw on uh, Fox5NY.com, Fox5NY.com. And uh, it's basically talking about this company called Picnic, which basically builds uh, automated food assembly systems. What does that mean? Robots. So the article talks about how this company is going to go to CES. You know, CES is the Consumer Electronics, uh, Consumer Electronics something. And uh, basically all the new, you know, tech, all the new personal tech comes out there. and You know, big convention, whatever. I listen to a lot of uh, phone reviewers, like smartphone people reviewers. At least I used to sometimes get some of my nerves. It just seems like rank uh, consumerism. But anywho, uh, I listen to these guys and they all excited about going to CES. Well, this year, 2000, well, this upcoming year, they're going to have this uh, pizza machine and it's going to bang out 300 pieces an hour. That's what Picnic is claiming. Uh, let's see, according to the article, da, 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 a Picnic, a Seattle based company selling automated food assembly systems, uh, was well, just like I said, you know, uh, 312 inch pizzas an hour. So they're going to, you know, put them out, you know, for the for the people that's coming to the CES. <clears throat> now, why I bring that up? Because when I was young, I worked at the pizza joint, right? I was in high school. Why did I work there? I worked there because I was tired of asking my mom for money. You know, it was just a pride thing. You know, I was blessed. I didn't have to contribute to the rent or, you know, I mean, kind of stuff like a necessity type vibe. I just wanted those new Reeboks that just come out. You know what I mean? You know, I just, that's, and it was $75 and I couldn't afford it. I couldn't ask my mom for $75. You know what I mean? We was going to pick and pay and getting stuff, you know? So, uh, so basically, uh, that's why I went to, to work in a lot of my high school. Everybody in my high school worked. As a matter of fact, sometimes people would have, uh, people would come to school with their work uniforms on. That's how heavy it was. In my area, they had a, a Pizza Hut. They had a, a Shakey's, which is another kind of pizza place. They put the, the, the stewed tomatoes on there and, and serve beer. They had a McDonald's. They had another McDonald's. So basically, I would say in a mile radius, we had three McDonald's, two pizza joints, uh, bowling alley, you know, one floor kind of strip mall. And uh, was it was it a Dunkin' Donuts back then? I don't know if it was a Dunkin' Donuts back then. But it was a lot of fast food places in my neighborhood. And that's where the kids worked. As a matter of fact, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, some of this one young lady in particular, she had two gigs. Now, that was on the necessity. She was helping her mom out. <clears throat> Flash forward to 2019, my little one, right? Teenager, she couldn't get a job at the uh, at the local Chipotle because it was all Spanish people working in there. The manager was Spanish. He was only hiring Spanish people. Now, they played the game. They had to come in for a couple of interviews. But you look behind the counter, it's all Spanish people back there. Now, I'm, I'm upset that they're hiring their own people. I'm upset that my daughter has to compete with adults 
for, you know, these low-wage jobs. Going back to when I was in high school, the only, you know, most of the time when you go to these fast food places, the adult was the manager. And then you had these teenagers and these 20-somethings working back there. It was understood that you wouldn't be able to feed yourself on fast food, you know, pay unless you got into management. And there were some cats who did that. That was their plan. <clears throat> it was either that or, there's, you know, I'm thinking about a couple of guys in particular. It was either that or they go to the military, you know, but at least you could get employed in your neighborhood. And that's one of the benefits of a good economy. <clears throat> now, not so much. Now you got to compete with adults, you know, coming into the country with low skills and no skills. And, and just so I frame this properly, I'm not against anybody coming to the United States legally. That's the caveat. Two of my best friends in college were immigrants from Jamaica, legally. You know, they told me the stories of how long they had to wait and all the paperwork and all this kind of shit. Legally. That's why I had a problem, because I can't go up in your country and get on your social services program. What do you mean you don't have social services in your country? Then why the fuck you here? Instead of marching to the U.S. border, go to your nation's capital and demand that shit. That's what happened in America. That's another thing. I don't want to get into that. But what I was going to say was most of the people who are here illegally aren't people crossing the border. It's people who are here on H-1B visas. They're the folks that have IT, you know, those kind of specialized skills. And one of the first meetings that Trump was taking in the Trump Tower when he was, you know, president-elect or whatever, was from the IT people. That's where, um, you remember, that's where... uh, uh, Trump called uh, Tom Cook or Tim Cook, Tim Apple. I don't know if you all remember that. But what they were doing was they were asking him for more slots. So with the IT companies, they have every company has a certain number of, of slots uh, allotted to them by the federal government where they can bring in foreigners uh, who aren't citizens, foreigners. And, you know, you can you can use them because we're saying the companies are saying we don't have Americans with the skill. So let us bring these guys in to do work for us. They're supposed to stay a certain number of years, and then they have to go back home. Okay? But what's happening is they play games with the numbers and the system to keep these people here. You know, as opposed to training Americans for these kinds of positions. So that's the only challenge. Now I'm going on the riff. There's the only challenge I have with Yang. I like Yang. You know, his analysis of the job market is correct. You know, he's talking about automation coming in, taking people's jobs. I'm leading with that, right? This robot is taking, is going to, it's going to be very hard for Pizza Hut, Papa John's, Little Caesars, all these places to say no to robotics when people are on the street protesting for $15 an hour. Y'all heard that fight for 15 that's going on? That's happening a lot in D.C. It's happening in other areas. And, you know, that's cool and everything, but... You know, one of the challenges is you go to school for 12 years and you learn nothing that's valuable in the marketplace. Nothing. I mean, sure, you can ping, ping, ping the cash register, but all that shit is going away. You know, all that shit is going away. Now, you know, I boycotted Starbucks for a year. I ain't going to lie. After they, you know, them brothers at the, the, the devil had arrested or whatever, I boycotted Starbucks for a year. Then I went back because my black coffee house closed. You know what I'm saying? So, so when I go there, I still see, I still see kids. 
What I also see is people paying with their phone, right? They got that near, was it NFC, near field, whatever it's called. You know, they ain't got to ring up Holly no more. And when you go into McDonald's, I'm ashamed I was going to McDonald's for a little bit. They got kiosks inside the McDonald's. I was like, what? So you ain't even got to ring up. So the ring and their cash register shit is going away. You're going to, you're going to some of these phone stores. They used to have a counter with the register. They don't even have that no more. They got tablets. So the low-skilled jobs are going away. You know what I mean? I'm in IT. That's why I wanted to get up off the help desk, all the desktop support, you know, because I felt like that's that's going away. You know, the OSs is getting better and better. I mean, Windows 7, not Windows 7, Windows XP kept a brother employed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Windows, Windows XP, uh, that shit kept breaking down. You know what I mean? Registered this and this, that, the third, and the programs and everything. That kept a brother employed you know what i mean i used to hear that phone ringing in my sleep no exaggeration and then windows you know windows 7 uh came into can came into came on the scene and then that cut the calls a little bit but it's still issues or whatever and they kept windows 7 forever they don't even they never even came up with a service pack 2 did they for windows 7 you know what i mean and so now they got xp i mean now they got 10 which looks like a mobile the point I'm trying to make is that the lower level positions are going away. And and to be perfectly frank, we can't really fight the future. And, and this is how it hit me personally, right? Uh, so I do a podcast called, you know, JonathanSoul.com, right? Jonathan Soul. And I interview, you know, artists and everything, right? The funny thing about it, some of these artist people are in IT. And uh, and what's happening is a lot of them, a lot of them are just like they're, they're the writers, they're the creators, but they aren't the, the illustrators, right? They can't draw or not not on a professional level. And so they went looking for artists. A lot of these cats, the story is the same. I tried to hook up with these Americans and they were charging too much money. And so what's the creator to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a small world. So they go to DeviantArt, they go to these other places and they find these cats in the Philippines and in in uh, Italy and uh, let me see Philippines. I'm naming the places where I know for sure people got artists. The Philippines, Italy, Brazil. Any other place? Those are the places that come to mind. And they so basically what they did was they outsourced their illustration. So then then it's like okay you know well you can't talk shit about the big companies. Can you? If the little people are doing it. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, so you can't fight the future, so you need to be on the right side of that equation. You need to be a capitalist as opposed to the to the employee. I mean, if you look at it logically, take the emotions out, just go straight spot, you look at it logically, that's that's what's happening. You know what I mean? So 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 basically the whole idea of I just want to get a summer job working in a, a burger joint, that shit is gone. The young people nowadays have to get more creative and start, you know, kind of, I, I hate using leverage, it sounds pretentious, but leveraging the internet and social media in order to come up with their own gigs, you know. Uh, some people are doing, uh, uh, what do they do? Um, my goodness, I'm trying to think. So when you retweet, sometimes people pay you for that if you have sufficient following. That's something that they do. 
I guess that's the tantamount to an endorsement of your product or service or whatever. And then, of course, you had these these other gigs that people are doing. Um, shit, I had to come uh, home work home late from work uh, one night, and I caught Lyft. You know, and back in the day, if I were to try to catch a cab, or nowadays if I were to try to catch a cab, that cab would have cost me, cab ride would have, might have cost me 40 bucks or something. But the Lyft was half of that. What kind of disturbed me was um, it was a young lady. She was, I don't know what she was, 20. She couldn't have been out of her 20s. And I, and I was getting off work late. I wouldn't want my daughter to do that. I wouldn't want my niece to do that, my sister, you know what I mean? But that's what it's, that's what it's come to kind of a thing. So long story short is we got to get our skills up. That's, that's it. And get on the other side of that capitalist, you know, proletariat equation. That's really the only way. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so that, that story's on uh, fox5ny.com. Uh, all right, so going to another story here that caught my eye. All right. This is political. So a lot of us have been focused on the whole impeachment thing, and some of us are celebrating and all this kind of stuff. I'm I'm not very knowledgeable when it comes to politics. I know what the average guy who reads the first and second paragraph knows. And I know that impeaching Trump when you got a Republican-controlled Senate is a fool's errand. And I don't see no upside to the Democrats doing that. If you just read headlines on Twitter or something, it might seem like a big deal. If you don't know that the impeachment is a two-step process. But here's my thing. My thing is these people are dumb, but they're not stupid. So why would they do this whole week-long investigation and hearings and everything? Some shit is secret and all this kind of stuff. And then not even send the, the articles over to the Senate to have a trial, which is the other step. It's the House brings the indictment, and then the Senate has to, you know, say yeah and nay for the, for the impeachment to be. That's according to the Constitution. But before this, what was it? Before this, it was Russia. No, before this, it was Ukraine. Then before that, it was Russia. It was all these scandals. And I kept asking myself, okay, so while we focus on all of these scandals, what the hell is Congress doing? I'll tell you what they were doing. This article comes from uh, S, uh, SF, like San Francisco Gate.com. So SF.com. Uh, Trump uh, has appointed 187 judges. So Trump's been in office, what, three years? 187 judges. According to an article in SF, uh, like San Francisco, sfgate.com, an article was written by Corey Itkowitz. Uh, so while the Democrats have, uh, have us focused on Russia, Ukraine, and impeachment, they don't even believe in Trump has remade the judiciary in his image. Okay, this is quoting from the article. Trump nominees make up one in four U.S. Circuit Court judges. Two of his picks are on the Supreme Court. Uh, this past week, as the House voted to impeach the president, the Republican-led Senate confirmed another 13 district court judges. In total, Trump has installed 187 judges on the federal bench. Now, you know good and goddamn well this is dangerous. And, and, and were they even fighting this? How come this wasn't up in the news? 
social media, thank God, is, is, has, has a benefit to it in the sense of, you know, these cops that are murdering people, you know, because of the footage and the social pressure, they're, they're, they're being taken to court. But if Trump is appointing the judges, now I know these are federal, you know, so it's a higher level than, you know, the courts that the, the, the cops go to initially. But it's, it's going to have a chilling effect. If you got if you got these racist motherfuckers who are sympathetic to to, to white cops or, or Spanish cops or black cops, what murdering black people? I mean that's a that's that's very dangerous. And that, but the Democrats, I mean, they're not doing shit about it. They're not doing shit. So you know, I understand the reparations argument, and I'm with that. But there's a lot more at stake than a check kind of thing because to be put it frankly what good is reparations if you're not around to collect kind of a thing to be perfectly frank with you and I, and I try to when I look at the news headlines I try to ask myself three questions one uh you know is it interesting two is it actionable you know three does it directly impact black people those are my questions when I go through these news things with something like this man we have to get our income up because to be perfectly frank, a lot of these cops, not all the time, but a lot of these cops, they target the poor. They target the people in poor neighborhoods. I remember I worked, I, I lived in this, uh, a little while ago, I lived in this, uh, I like to say a working class, a poor neighborhood or whatever. And I would see the, I would see the cops talking to the little children. They would come up to the, uh, come up to the window and chatting with them. I would never talk to no fucking cop when I was a kid. Even back in the 70s, I would talk to no cop. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we just that's just something I might be in the DNA by now. You know what I mean? I don't know. And and I remember, I might have told a story before. There was one time when this little kid was, my daughter ran up to me. Father, father, this kid is having a stroke, you know, or some kind of a seizure or whatever. And I looked out the back of the, the window, apartment window, and I saw this little Spanish kid you know, on his back, shaking and stuff. I was like, oh, my God. So, I, I mean, I'm running out there barefoot. You know, it was during the day after school, running out there barefoot or whatever. And, um, you know, I'm, I got the kid. You know, I try not to move him. I ask the children what's happening. It's all Spanish kids. They're not really saying nothing to me. One kid talks to me and everything. And he tell, oh, he's angry. He's just throwing a fit or whatever. I could tell the kid was in some involuntary issues. I asked my daughter to get some water, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, when the cops came, they kind of, by that time, the kid had kind of gotten up and was, he was sitting up a little bit, wasn't walking around, the cops came. I tried to talk to the cops, uh, white, Spanish, and Jewish or whatever. Uh, wouldn't talk to me. I'm the only adult there. But again, it's a racist, you know, poor. Wouldn't talk to me. Talked to one of the Spanish kids. And um, and, uh, and one of the little kids said, hey, can we come to your, to your car to get stickers? And I'm like... What the hell is going on? The point is, you can't trust them. You can't trust the cops. And so now you're putting, you're putting the judiciary in place that's going to be even more favorable to this fascist institution, which is what police officers are. You know they came from the slave catchers, you know, that kind of a thing. So, so it's get your paper up, you know what I mean, so that you're not caught in these kind of scenarios so that you have the time and the wherewithal to watch over your children. You know, none of us are absolutely safe. 
But, you know, that's a, tick, that's a chance to take you out of bed in the morning kind of a thing. But you just have to kind of be aware of these kind of things. When, when the news media, because they're complicit too, is focusing on some, some, some salacious kind of, oh, he grabbed the pussy or this, that, the third, just know they're trying to distract you from what's really going on. You know what I mean? And that leads me to this other article. So William Barr, he used to be the attorney general, was it under Bush? Or, I don't know, he used to be, he didn't have a very good reputation. Some people say he was like the architect of mass incarceration. So maybe he was under Clinton, I don't know. <clears throat> Long story short, he recently uh, announced Operation uh, Relentless Pursuit, where they're going to give uh, the local police departments in seven targeted cities extra material support and other kinds of support to squash violent crime because William Barr is saying that violent crime is higher in these seven cities than a national average. Now, I wasn't able to find any statistics to verify that by, you know, by the time I started recording. But what I did do is go to FBI.gov because I just noticed just from reading. Now, I'm going to read from this page, which is a, a 2018 crime statistics release. Violent crime, property crime decreased between 2017 and 2018. And I'll just read a little bit of it. Uh, both violent and property crime uh, fell in 2018 from previous year, according to FBI annual statistics released today. Uh, violent crime declined 3.3% between 2017 and 2018. Property crime decreased. I guess property crime is them smashing your car or whatever. Uh, decrease 6.3% uh, during the same period, according to Crime in the United States 2018. An annual crime statistic report produced by the uh, FBI's Uniform Crime Reporting Program. Uh, let's see here. Crime data was voluntarily reported to the FBI by more than 16,000 law enforcement agencies across the country. Now, that is scary because they're probably not going to volunteer complaints against police officers. They're probably not going to volunteer uh, officers shooting unarmed people uh, kind of a thing. So that's, that's so crimes that, that the citizens commit, but they're not going to snitch on themselves. In 2018, there are about 2.1 million violent crimes, according to the report. Nearly every category of violent crime decreased between 2017 and 2018, with the exception of rape offenses, which increased 2.7%. So long story short is, and this has been a trend that's been going on for, I think, about 10 years. Uh, you guys can research it yourself, but crime in America has been dropping. I, 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 there's various thoughts on that. There's some scary, horrible thoughts. Uh, like there was this article um, that I came across where this guy, this uh, this uh, pr professor was looking at statistics and he noted the drop in crime rates and he was trying to find a cause. And the cause that he came up with was easy access to abortion, particularly in the African-American community. He said poor community, but sometimes that's cold. And so that's what that's what his thing was. And I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. And then, of course, he, you know, he, uh, you know, he got, you know, spanked for it in the public kind of a thing. But we know that any neighborhood 
where you got a high percentage of fatherless children is going to be a prime candidate for high crime. Because fathers, generally speaking, are disciplinarians. They don't take, they don't allow the same shit to go on in their presence that mommy does. So anyway, so I'm just trying to give you guys a context. What's the context? The context is, in an environment where crime has slowly been going down, William Barr is trying to do this fucking military offensive against these seven cities. Well, you say, well, Mr. Soul, what are the seven cities, man? We, we're, we're sitting here with bated breath. All right. The cities are Albuquerque, New Mexico. You like Albuquerque? Only time I heard of Albuquerque was in the Bugs Bunny cartoons. I should have made a left of Albuquerque. Baltimore, okay. Cleveland, Detroit, Kansas City, Missouri, okay. Memphis, Tennessee, and Milwaukee. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. I expected the cities to be Baltimore, D.C., Detroit, Atlanta. You know what I mean? I expected, I expected cities with, you know, uh, you know, obvious, like, black, you know. But he's not doing that. And to me, I think this is a trick. You know what I mean? I just, okay, we're going to try to. Because why, why are you doing a test? Why you do, it's got to be a test. If you're doing this operation in a context where the crime is going down nationally in these cities, you know, you know what I'm saying? So I just think it's a test. And then I don't know how you would measure success. How do you measure success in this area? To me, what, what reduces crime is a job in a full belly. Most people who don't have mental issues like I need to steal to feel good or I need to hit somebody or whatever, most people, they just want to work, have a family, you know, have a hobby, have some children, and die. That's re- really, I'm hitting the thing. That's really, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that's can be beyond us. That's really what most people want to do. And when they can't do that, when they can't do something that's just a natural uh, outgrowth of being alive, of being a human being, being a mammal, when you can't do that, when you can't live in safety and produce offspring and watch them grow up before you pass. When you can't do that, this is when we get all of this bad behavior. And on the flip side, when people got too much power, you get the similar bad behavior just on a systematic scale. So I don't know if I said it earlier, but you got to talk to your children, talk to your nieces and nephews, little cousins. If they're hanging out with anybody they tell us these cities, but, we, you know, hey. If they're hanging out with anybody that's doing any kind of illegal shit, any kind of fucking around, you got to tell them, cut them people off with the quickness. If it's your niece, your nephew, God forbid, your son or your daughter, you got to get with them. Because prisons in America are private. They're privately run businesses. And they need bodies. They need bodies. And systems like this are designed to give them bodies. Let's be perfectly honest. We know that summer jobs keep kids off the street. I don't know about in your city, but in my city, I see more and more kids hanging out. At first, you know, it was just the 20-sums or or whatever. You know, the, the guys who were selling, you know, you can tell with the little funky things that they do. 
and they're there and then you know cops walk by and then they you know they're gone and then they come back whatever but i remember when there was truly there's always going to be people like that but then i felt like the numbers were lower in the 80s like i told you when everybody was working when and there was always drug dealers around but they were like a handful of people in my high school a handful of people everybody else was working and those guys were fucking knuckleheads. They were fuck-ups anyway. But I feel like more and more people, you know what I mean, are, are, are kind of falling into this because maybe the economy isn't doing as well as we're being told. Now, thankfully, everybody I know is working. You know, But everybody I know has, a, has like a skill that you can't get in high school. You know what I mean? They're either in IT or they're in social services or they're in um, art or they're in, uh, you know, uh, management, some kind of high level management. High school isn't going to give you that. Generally speaking, it's college. And if you can't afford college, then it's a gap fixed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a great gulf fixed. And that's why people, you know, slipping back to the campaign, that's why a lot of people are kind of hype on Bernie because Bernie's talking about free education. And quiet as it's kept, most European countries, they pay for the education of their citizens all the way up through grad school out of taxes. America's like a fucked up, retarded stepchild of the West. We do so much shit backwards when i was reading up on this whole education piece the last <clears throat> there's even in most of the european countries even offer even asian countries offer health care that's paid for out of taxes some places like japan um you know your job pays some and you pay some or whatever but it's they don't have people going into the bank i don't, I don't get into it I don't, all i'm saying is getting back to this william barr thing you got to be careful. That's all. You got to be careful. We know that white people is doing most of the crime, but they ain't not arresting them. We know some Asians are getting it. They're not arresting them either. They're arresting black people primarily, and Spanish people. That's who they're arresting. So be careful. Be careful. All right, family. I've been talking a long time. Uh, that's really what I wanted to tell you. Now, to end on a happy note, you know I call this show nonfiction because I talk about the news. Well, I do another show called, you know, Jonathan So I talk about comics and I interview comic book creators. There's one comic that I think, you know, would be interesting to even non-comic readers. It's called Bounce. And I, I mentioned Bounce because um, this brother, I don't know how old you guys are, I can't see you, but, um, but there was a cartoon back in the day called Doonesbury. Now, when Doonesbury is popular, I was a little kid. You know what I mean? I was in middle school, high school, so I didn't understand all the shit that was going on. I just knew that Doonesbury was talking about politics, right? When Reagan was going, it was Reagan was the thing, and the Clinton and all kind of stuff. But I wasn't, I wasn't hip, you know, back then. To me, Bounce is like our Doonesbury. It doesn't beat you over the head. It's not totally about politics. What it is, it's a New York City bar. And uh, and uh, you got the bouncers, and they deal with all these crazy people that come in. Sometimes it's just regular, annoying people with a sense of privilege. Sometimes drunk people, druggies. 
one time it was an alien from another planet that came in there. <clears throat> and then they have these they have these little conversations and conflicts. And every now and then <clears throat> every now and then they, they, they talk some politics, you know, they critique culture. It's just very smart, very well written. It's by a brother uh, named Chuck Collins. Uh, he used to be a bouncer years ago in a New York City bar, I believe. And uh, he's very smart, very politically aware. And uh, I think you'll enjoy the book. So uh, if you go to, uh, just go to Gumroad and look up, uh, Gumroad is a is a place where a lot of comic book people go to sell their stuff. And uh, you can pay with PayPal and everything. It's like 11 bucks. I'm not getting any money from this endorsement or whatever. But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to, you know, have a have some entertainment that has a little a little politicalness to it. But it's a light touch. He's not preaching to you or anything. But I definitely would ask you guys to check that out. Uh, Christmas is uh, upon us and everything, and I'm sure everybody's done all their shopping. I haven't bought shit because I don't believe in it. I think it's a hoax. Just like Valentine's Day, I think it's just a commercial thing to, to trick us out of, out of our money, out of our hard-earned money. But if you are going to get stuff or you celebrate Kwanzaa or something, consider buying the young people in your family black-owned comics. I... Uh, I review a lot of the comics that are good. I don't review the ones that are bad. I get a lot of comics. Not all of them make the cut. Uh, that's just the way it is. Some 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 of our people is, is making some bullshit, and I just don't. I just don't do it. But um, these books are generally, you know, inexpensive. You know, it ranges from like three bucks to five bucks to seven dollars sometimes. Um, you know, for a regular size book, the bigger books. You know, it might have a hundred and some pages that might be 10 bucks or, or something like that, but they're affordable. And the whole idea is to trick your kid into reading, into loving to read, because, you know, for them to get a job that will pay them enough to get up out the house, they're going to need to love reading, learn how to read, because so much of these skills are on the Internet. You know what I mean? So much of these skills are on a forum. They're on, a, they're on a YouTube, they're on a website, whatever. But they're going to have to learn how to read and be curious enough to experiment and all that kind of stuff. All right, so that's it. I love you guys. Hope our dreams come true. Take care of yourself. Look out for your family. And uh, I try to, uh, I guess the next time I do a, a podcast will be in the new year. So, uh, yeah, once again, uh, you can follow me on, uh, you can go to blackjunction.tv or blackjunction.com which is a black-owned uh, uh, social media site. Black Junction TV is like YouTube. Blackjunction.com is like uh, Twitter or Facebook. And uh, so I post there. Um, as, as with many black-owned sites, it's a lot of hotep people and uh, white people posing as black people. You know how they do. Everywhere we go, they, they follow. But, um, but there's an opportunity there to build up this site. And uh, and to, and to you know make what we need to be instead of just complaining about Facebook and uh, and YouTube censoring people. Um, you can also find me, of course, on Twitter at J O H N A T H A N S O U L Jonathan Soul. Also on SoundCloud, where I post my uh, shows, my my audio broadcast, and uh, iTunes, of course. And I have a website, JonathanSoul.com, where I aggregate all my content, my interviews with folks my comic book reviews, and now this little news site. I keep looking at stuff, and it's like, I, I can't just not say nothing. I got to warn my people. And I told my cousin a long time ago, man, I don't want to do podcasting anymore. And he said, Jonathan, you need to do it because we need to know that we're not crazy. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? In other words, some of y'all are thinking the same way I do. And you just kind of need to, somebody else to say, yeah, you're not crazy. This is some bullshit kind of a thing. So I love you guys. Hope all our dreams come true. This is Jonathan Soul. Peace. <laughs>